Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Today I'd like to speak about the idea of meritocracy on the job site and earning promotions through work, not your words. Regardless of your work environment, I'm sure we're all familiar with quote-unquote brown nosers and the, uh, the people who kind of talk themselves up specifically around management or those in points positions of authority above them. Um, and they usually, they'll usually also put down others around them just to kind of make themselves stand out more. And this is what I'm talking about when I refer to earning promotions through work, not words. It's these brown nosers, quote unquote, who we're not going to spend a lot of time on, but I'm just wanting to kind of lay out there who I'm talking about in that term. What we're looking at is working out your promotions through work, through hard work, through productivity, and being recognized for that. So first, I'm just going to read the definition of meritocracy. So it's a government or the holding of power by people selected according to merit. It's a society governed by people selected according to merit, or it's a ruling or influential class of educated or able people. Now, this seems like a no-brainer to me on how most, if not all, areas of society should be governed, but specifically in the workforce, where there are real measures of productivity, deadlines, and services rendered to take into account. I've worked for several companies over my career, and... I can tell you for sure that the most effective ones, the most productive companies that I've worked with, have all been based on this idea, this this uh, value structure. And where you see it most is in the effort level from everybody, right from apprentices all the way up to the site superintendent. Um, and the reason for that that I think is because as long as people know that you're working in a fair system, a system that will reward you based on your output, it gives you more of an incentive to work hard, to hit your deadlines, to to beat out your last month's productivity, whatever it is that you're working in. If you know that at the end of the day, you will be rewarded based on your hard work, not based on your last name, who you know, or who you butter up in the office, you're going to get a better output on the very basis level of your your employee structure. So right from the bottom apprentices all the way up to the superintendents, people are going to care more if they know that there is room for their own advancement based on their output. And the flip side to that, I think, is pretty obvious. If you know that regardless of what you do, regardless of how hard you work or uh, what you accomplish, then you aren't going to be recognized because of somebody else who's already talked their way to the top or, again, like in the idea of nepotism, if they have the right last name, they're going to work their way to the top. That just demoralizes the whole crew. Uh, what is the point in working hard if you know that it's not going to get anywhere? Now, I understand they're still taking pride in your work, but let's be real. Everybody's working for advancement. They're working to provide for their families. And so if they know that putting in that extra effort is going to gain them recognition, they're going to do it. They're going to go that extra mile 100% of the time because there's personal financial incentive involved in that. And that's what we're all at work for by the, in the end of the day. I've been on sites and worked within companies who've employed kind of two different structures. The The meritocracy, like I was saying, was far more productive, whereas I've also worked in other companies where there's definite nepotism involved. So basically relatives of the superintendents or 
anybody in a position of power in the company, they get instant promotion. And I can tell you that nothing will demoralize a crew faster than when you see your hardest working guy or the leader of the crew get passed over for somebody just based on their last name and the relationship that they hold with the superintendent. On one site we were at in the oil and gas industry, my best friend Nick was by far the leader of our crew. Um, he was the most knowledgeable. He would lend a hand anywhere he could. He'd crush his deadlines. He was he was the hardest worker on the crew, and all of us knew it. Everybody recognized it. Um, and there came time for the promotion of a of a well one of the journeymen to lead hand status, so right below the foreman. And at the time, everybody on the crew knew Nick was doing his job the best, but he also didn't, he didn't praise himself. He didn't bring it to the attention of anybody above him, but everybody working alongside him knew this. Uh, there was another guy on our crew who was kind of that typical quote unquote brown noser, and he would talk himself up. Uh, he would put on a show whenever the foreman was around and just to make himself noticed. And when that first round of promotions came up, the brown noser guy got into a position as lead hand and it demoralized the whole crew. You know, it kind of, everybody started kind of talking behind the foreman's back, behind the now lead hand's back. And everybody was saying to Nick, like, look, this should have been your position. This is garbage and we're going to kind of let it be known. Which was unfortunate for the lead hand because he was a good guy don't get me wrong but he just wasn't suited for that position he hadn't earned that position yet so he got ostracized by the crew pretty harshly and up north i mean a lot of the guys you know it's pretty rough up there and this kind of meritocracy almost gets forced in because people want to see it happen that way that's why you're up there is to work hard to make money and to go back home to your family so it really drives everybody crazy when you see somebody who hasn't earned a promotion get pushed to the top. And, you know, the crew definitely turned on him pretty quick. And it was noticed by everybody on site, from the health and safety op, uh, supervisor to the foreman to the site superintendent. And it ultimately resulted in a site-wide meeting with all the electricians to have a discussion about it. Ultimately, the crew spoke up and Nick became the lead hand to our crew. And like I said, the turnaround was black and white. All of a sudden, the next day, productivity was back up. Everybody was working hard and everybody was appreciative to have Nick kind of representing our crew that way um, because we all knew that he earned it and he deserved it. And while I've never worked in an office environment, I can imagine that this would apply directly to that as well because I just know I would never want anybody kind of working above me, giving me orders that I didn't feel had earned it or had put in the time required for that position. Now, all that being said, it's not like the crew would look down on anybody if they had a bad week or if, you know, they were going through something personally and struggling on site because of it. It, it didn't matter. It just built that culture within our group, within our workforce that, you know, as long as you put in that effort, you'd make your way to the top. And it built a, a culture and a bond within all of us that, you know, we really respected each other based on that effort that we were putting it in. Uh, we weren't looking at each other as people that we could step over. We were rather looking at it as a group, as a workforce, and that we could we could accomplish things together. It ultimately ended up breaking down a lot of kind of the layers of power within the site. So as 
people would get promoted to lead hand than to foreman. Uh, there wasn't that big jump up anymore. Like we didn't feel that uh, we didn't have a place talking to the foreman or we didn't have a place talking to the lead hand because we had worked among these guys. They were working shoulder to shoulder with us and then we saw them climb up through the ranks. And so it kind of knocked down those barriers between the different levels of authority on site. And it really, again, it just brought the group together. If you were an apprentice on site, but you had apprenticed under who's now your foreman, you didn't feel awkward or like you were stepping out of bounds to ask him about something. You know, let's say you needed a, a request for time off or anything like that. You didn't feel that you had to go through all these different layers and it was like some some person you had no right to speak to. And while this culture usually starts from the ground up in any workforce that I've been in, uh, it's important that once you do make it to lead hand or to foreman or some position of authority, to really keep this in mind for those who are working underneath you, uh, to promote accordingly to, again, it comes down to just treating everybody with respect. It doesn't matter what position you are in the company. Everybody's working shoulder to shoulder and you're all accomplishing a, a common goal. So even when you do make it to the top, you've got to keep this in mind. You can't just go for the guys who, you know, try to talk themselves up in front of you. You really got to get a pulse on the whole group together because they'll oftentimes, like you ask, I don't know, 10 to 12 guys in a crew who they think should become the next lead hand or who they think should be first in line for promotion. They'll tell you and you'll usually get one to two names that are common across everybody. That's the way to look for it. It's not the guy who always happens to be doing the right thing at the right time, right when you come around the corner or who always is, you know, pointing out certain things or basically just trying to be noticed. That's not always the guy you want to look for. It's again, you got to talk to the crew. You got to really keep your fingers, fingers on the pulse of your crew and figure it out that way, not just through who's the most talkative to you whenever you're around. All of this kind of just circles back around to kind of my main view of life and how to gain to gain meaning out of it is to just always do your best. And hopefully you're working within a company or you are looking for employment, then look for a company like this somewhere who, you know, they'll promote from within. They really value the hard work and the effort of the people at the lowest level of the company and really strive for that like if if you're if you're putting in your hard work and you're feeling accomplished that should get recognized and if it isn't where you're working then you know formulate a plan try to put your resume together start to send your resume out and really start to look for that next job i mean i'm not saying just drop your tools quit where you are now because then you're no you're no better off now you're without a job completely but really do try to Keep an eye on that, and uh, and if your company doesn't value those same things, then do start to look elsewhere because you're gonna your drive is gonna go down, your sense of accomplishment is gonna go down because you want to be somewhere that appreciates that. There's there's a lot to take out of it in self worth, and but you still everybody wants to be recognized financially and just recognized by others around them for what they are doing. So really do kind of take stock of that where you are right now in life and if you're not where you'd like to be or you're not in a company that appreciates that then start to look elsewhere start to make steps even if it's just baby steps writing your resume out redoing your cover letter whatever it is start to take those steps to move on to the next place somewhere that will value you and now taking a step back and kind of 
uh, looping back to the idea of living through your work or your actions and not your words, this can apply to many different areas of life. I mean, the whole idea of show me, don't tell me, and living life through actions and not words, like this has huge ramifications in different relationships in life. Um, whether it's building a relationship with your children, uh, showing them what to do rather than just telling them what to do, um, or building relationships with your wife or your intimate partner, um, this can kind of speak volumes and really build the foundation of any solid relationship. Like right now, for example, I'm actually across the country for a, a political march, but um, my wife, she didn't really ask much in the way of questions, and even her friends were like, well, what flight does he go on? What hotel is he staying at? And she was like, uh, I don't know. I, I'll ask him, but it doesn't really matter. Like we've built, we've built a relationship based around trust. Um, and again, that's kind of earned through actions, not through just words. Like she sees the person I am, I see the person she is, and we just have built our relationship around the things we've done together. And I mean, the things we've done apart as well, so we can build trust that way. But nothing, none, none of our relationship is based off of what we say to each other and what we tell. It's just we've shown each other and it's built this much deeper respect and deeper trust for each other than I think most relationships have. And I'd like to dig into this more on a future episode uh, surrounding relationships or yeah, intimate partners. But um, for us, it was kind of built out of the fact that both of us came from broken homes where our, our parents divorced at pretty young ages. And so for us, that's how we've kind of built this this settlement that we have to build on. We have to We just have to be honest with each other all the time because both of us came from pretty dark places and pretty dark childhoods to where we are today. And we're, we're more secure than ever in making sure that our kids don't experience the same way. And so again, I'd like to get into this more on a relationship podcast in the future, which I will, but I'll get my wife on here as well to talk about that. Um, but that's kind of why we value that level of trust so much. And I just want to emphasize that that's built through actions. It's not built through words or broken promises. You have to live that out every day. Just like on the work site, you have to live out and put that effort in. You can't just talk your way through it. And I'll also reference my dad here again, which I'll do a lot probably through this podcast because he's also an electrician. Uh, I presently work with him. I, I started my apprenticeship with him and he's somebody who I look up to and I respect greatly. But he always he taught me through his actions. It wasn't through specific things that he would say. It was through his actions and through his follow-up and promises or just just taking me out and doing things. He would, he would show me things and teach me lessons that I don't know that he was even aware of, just in the way he would treat people, in the way he would treat people talking to them or behind their backs. He still carried that same level of respect for them. And just in his overall... The overall appearance and the way that he, um, kind of the way that he displayed himself, he he was just, he was always very, very much of a stand-up guy, and the lessons that I got out of that without him ever having to say a word are enormous, and they've, they've kind of, they've formed who I am today, and there are a lot of what I would like to push on and give to my sons. And even outside of the job, uh, one lesson that came to mind was whenever we would go camping, there would usually be garbage there that was left by the previous campers. And my dad would go out of his way to just clean it up, whether it was when we first got there or when we were leaving. 
And I don't think he ever had to verbalize that to us, but it was something that I remember watching him doing. And it's something that now me and my wife will see our nine-year-old doing. He'll go out in our townhouse complex and he'll clean up garbage that wasn't his and he brings it to the trash can. And it obviously is a huge source of pride for us to see him just go about and do that without being asked. And so I would challenge you to kind of make a conscious effort to be an example through your actions um, because you'd never have, you don't always know that you know, so many of the lessons that you'll pass on or that you may obtain from your parents were never verbalized. It was just through their actions and through the way that they treated people or they treated the environment around them. It's definitely a cliche, but remember that actions speak much louder than words. Sorry, this week is going to be a bit of a shorter one. As I had said earlier, I'm out of town right now and a bit cramped on time. Um, But in closing, try to be mindful of the example you're setting. Do your best to let your actions speak for themselves. Uh, And always keep in mind that your apprentices, co-workers, or children will remember the example you've set for much longer than the words you've said, and it may impact them on a much deeper level. I also wanted to thank you, those who have listened and have reached out and given me feedback, and uh, also just kind of talk about a connection I made on social media. Um, I actually connected with a cognitive hypnotherapist who had spent years in the trade and we're working on setting up an interview in the future once I kind of get more accustomed to this software and talking into a mic. But that's, uh, that's definitely around the corner and we're going to be working on that. And so speaking of that, uh, if you guys do want to connect, I post the, uh, the page email in every single one of these bios for the episodes. But I'm also on Facebook. It's just the Plaid Jacket Philosopher. And then on Twitter, somebody must have had that handle or something close to it. So I'm at Jacket Plaid on Twitter. But if you want to follow and uh, comment or get in touch with me in any way, then I'd appreciate it. I'm not very active on either of those yet. Mainly, I just post the links when the new podcast is up. But, you know, down the road, I'd like to get more active on those and, yeah, interact with you guys more. So anyway, uh, that's it for today. Thank you. And I'll talk to you guys next week.